Anyway, so we've all been embarrassed though. Like every, I think everybody's probably humiliated themselves in one way or another. Um, my mouth's a little sore right now from laughing though at, at your guys' stories. Um, <clears throat> but I've told you kind of previously my long history of messing up lines and plays, specifically for churches where I would like forget or miss say like the most pivotal line that I have in the whole entire like drama or like multi-day skits. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it was pretty much every play I've been in. I just blew the, the pinnacle line. Uh, but I, I've messed up a lot of things, and, and I've embarrassed myself in a lot of ways. One time at church camp, I tied a towel around my neck. I went up on the lifeguard stand, and I decided to just, like, Superman into the water. And, like, I thought, I'll just jump out, and then, like a skydiver, I'll just change my body position and go in feet first. Well, I didn't understand how gravity worked because you don't just get to change the position that you're in. So I basically just like, from like eight feet, just <laughs> I <clears throat> wasn't the best day of my life. Um, and like, but oh, like the worst and probably most infamous story of me is I was at this really awesome thing called Motorama. Um, it's like with dirt bikes and four-wheelers and like a lot of really awesome people and then me and I, I was there and it was a weird time in my life. I probably had a bowl cut if I had to guess uh, My pants were like floods. They were probably sweatpants floods and that was before sweatpants floods were were trendy and I had like a fanny pack on and that was before fanny packs were trendy so you have to imagine like little me, maybe bowl cut, floods, fanny pack. And my cousin Travis, super cool guy, really cool. His cool friends, also there. And uh, he asked his dad, he said, hey, is it okay if I go find my friends and hang out with them? He said, yeah, but you have to take your cousin Matt. Fanny pack, floods Matt. And he sat back down because <laughs> he, he wasn't going to take me. I, I've caught a lot of heat for that over the last, like, two decades. So, you know, well-deserved, though. But it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. And we've all had those moments. We've all embarrassed ourselves. But do we ever embarrass ourselves for the Lord? Are we willing to do what God calls us to do despite how embarrassing it might look, how embarrassing it might make us look, or how pointless it might seem in the time? Today is most likely the second to last week of the Who, What, Where series, as I was saying. And today we're going to look at a character who loved God so much that he was willing to look silly in some people's eyes while praising the Lord. Spoiler alert. It's David again today. We talked about him uh, yesterday. And a little disclaimer for the, the message here is that it does get into some pretty personal stuff for me. Um, and I don't know how I'm going to respond to that. You, you kind of don't know until you're saying it. Um, but I just want you guys to give me grace and patience if, if, I, uh, if I get emotional or need to take a minute or anything like that. Um, so... We're going to be in 2 Samuel 6, if you want to turn there. I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then uh, we'll get to it. Dear God, thanks for your grace. Thank you for today. Thank you for your love. And just thanks for the snow that you put on the ground for us today, and just the beauty that that brings. 
Um, obviously, we, we are looking forward to spring, but um, we're also grateful for, for this as well. Uh, I pray that as we jump into your word, that your spirit just flows, that your spirit interprets, that your spirit speaks, and that it listens on our behalf, and that, that we'd be able to gain wisdom and knowledge from you. Um, thank you that you want to bestow that, inf- that, that knowledge on us, and um, I just pray that, that you're here and that we can learn. Thank you. Amen. So we're going to be in 2 Samuel 6, starting at uh, verse 14. We are going to be skipping a chunk. Uh, we're going to be jumping from 16 to 20, just so you guys know that are following along. I'll let you know when that happens. But 2 Samuel 6, 14. I also, I also might mispronounce things, just for the record, um, but spe- specifically somebody's name. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. We're going to jump to verse 20 here. When David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, going around half naked in full view of the slave girls of his servants, as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people, Israel. I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. So just to kind of set the context of this a little bit, um, David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant to the city of David. And if you're unfamiliar with what the Ark of the Covenant was, it was a sign of the covenant that God made with the people of Israel. So it was a sign of the promise that God had made with his people, with the people of Israel. Um, it was extremely holy, and it was extremely important. Um, and when David decided to bring it to his city, he was he was ecstatic, and so much that he was dancing with all his might. That's what it says, dancing with all his might, and it was to praise the Lord. What could that even look like? Like, I'd really love to be able to see what it looks like for King David to dance with all his might. Like, can you imagine a king dancing, like making himself look silly, just dancing with all his might? I, uh, I was at a youth conference over this weekend, and um, I think I might have seen people dancing with all their might at that conference. Like, high schoolers and youth leaders, they just don't care. They just, they just let it go. They're not good at it, but I think it is dancing. And some of them were probably dancing with all their might. But there was a little bit of conflict here because his wife was not happy. If you didn't catch that, the daughter of Saul is actually... David's wife, um, and, and she was pretty upset, and she described him as being half naked 
And it even said that she despised him in her heart. Those are kind of heavy words. Called him vulgar. Um, There's a lot of controversy because of that specifically, um, what she said as to what David was actually wearing. Uh, Some people say he was naked. Some people say he was in his underwear. Some people say, no, he was definitely fully dressed. Um, But regardless of what you think he was wearing, whatever he was wearing, his wife didn't like it. His wife did not think that it was appropriate attire for a king. Um, And people all the time want to make this passage about his clothes, about what he was or wasn't wearing. Uh, But I really think that's, that's not even the point. I think the point is what he was doing, how he was praising So when his wife tried to talk to him about it, what was his response? He said that he was doing it unto the Lord. He was dancing unto the Lord. He was praising the Lord in his dance. More than that, he said, this aside, I'll even be more undignified than this. I'll even be more humiliated than this. And I want to stop and think about that for a second, because what king says that? Like, it's a really interesting attitude. It's easy for us to look back and be like, yeah, David, he was kind of wild. Like, this doesn't surprise me, but he was a king. And I think that that gets lost in the context sometimes. Why would King David be okay with being humiliated, being undignified? Because it's only the perspective of some. Because what was the other side to that coin? The flip side was that David was going to be held in honor by others. So David's okay looking like an idiot, like a, quote, vulgar man to some, as long as what he's doing is pleasing to the Lord, because it's the Lord's perspective that truly matters. And I thought about that, and it kind of wrecks me a little bit, because I'm afraid, right? Like, I'm afraid that, that people are going to oppose me, that they're going to see what I'm doing and be like, oh, Matt's a joke, or Matt doesn't know what he's talking about. Matt, it scares me. I feel the need to kind of make everyone happy. But that's not the life we're called to. Sometimes we have to be humiliated. We have to be undignified to some to be honored by others and to be honored by God. As I'm writing this, this is where it might get personal, just for the record. As I'm writing this, I realize I know somebody like this. He's not a king, but I know somebody that's not afraid to look undignified, not afraid to be humiliated. It's my dad. My dad is an awesome guy, and I mean it. Like He is a really great guy, probably one of the best guys there is. He's a youth pastor. He has such a heart for kids. And not only that, but he has a passion for children with mental disabilities, mental illness. And that's not easy. I guarantee it. But it's absolutely necessary. And he has a heart for them, a passion for them. But you want to know something? People hate my dad. I'm telling you, they hate him. What he does isn't normal. Like, why should a 58-year-old man 
care about kids that aren't his, right? Why should he care about anything that isn't a retirement plan, his 401k, which honestly probably stinks, let alone kids he has no relation to. People hate him. People start rumors about him. Kids have vandalized his house, spit on his car. Sorry. One time I logged into my computer after a weekend and uh, I was met with um, the result of a cyberbully who uh, he said awful things. It was anonymous. I have no idea who it was. I have a little idea, but at the time I didn't know at all. And uh, he said awful things about me, awful things about my friends. But by far the worst things that he said were about my dad. I can't really even stand up here and tell you what they said, um, but know that they were pretty much as, as inappropriate and disgusting as somebody could write. Like, why? Why do they hate him? Because he cares enough to let them hate him. He cares enough to be undignified, to be humiliated in some people's eyes. These types of attacks might be enough to deter some people from following their passion, following what they know God calls them to, to helping people with disabilities, helping the youth. It might stop people from dancing with all their might. Not David, not my dad. Are you willing to be undignified for the Lord? Are you willing to be humiliated? Am I willing to be ashamed? Am I willing to be humiliated? It made me think of this verse, 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Has anyone ever heard of the kids' program, Awana, by any chance? Yeah, two people. Does anyone know what it stands for? No. Stands for approved workmen are not ashamed, or approved workers are not ashamed, one or the other. What a weird name for a kids' ministry. Right? Kids don't get that. Approved workers are not ashamed. But it's powerful. It really says a lot. Because are we ashamed? Are we embarrassed? Or are we willing to dance in the street and not care who's watching? Are we willing to help the people that need help despite it making people spit on our cars and vandalize our house? I remember when I was in high school, actually maybe middle school, I was at something called See at the Pole where you gather around your flagpole at your high school and you pray. I remember the buses coming by, and I just had this like sense of stress that everyone in those buses were like peering out, judging us, wondering what we're doing. 
truth is, they probably didn't care at all. But that wasn't the problem. The problem was that I cared. Why should I be ashamed? Even sometimes here when I say something out of the Bible that isn't exactly PC um, or woke in today's terminologies, I get nervous and I'm afraid that somebody's going to disagree with me or I'm going to offend somebody. It shouldn't matter. Why should I be ashamed? I remember at my last job when some of my patients would talk about God around other patients that obviously weren't into the conversation, that stressed me out, and I, I got uncomfortable with it for the other patients. And I'm not proud of that. I'm sorry for that. I should have I wanted to support that the whole time. Because it doesn't really matter what others are thinking. We don't need to be ashamed. Because what are we actually feeling ashamed for? We're feeling ashamed for God. And there's nothing shameful about God. There's nothing shameful about his word, about the Bible. There's nothing shameful about truth. We need to be able to dance before the Lord with all our might, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's literal, like King David, or maybe it's not. Maybe it means you need to help the children, even though the world will hate you. We need to be able to be embarrassed for the Lord. We need to look undignified and humiliated for the Lord. Because it's only the perspective of some. Others will hold us in honor. And God will be glorified, praised, and honored. Be undignified. Be humiliated and praise God. Father, we thank you again just for the day you've given us, and we thank you for your word, for the examples you put in your word, for the stories, for the stories of David, who's able to just impart on us so much of his heart and his passion for you. And let us see that and reflect that. Help us to not only be willing to be undignified, not only willing to be humiliated, but to rejoice in it, to see the other side of the coin, to see the honor. Help us to praise you. Help us to be able to dance with all our might. Be with everyone here. Give them courage. And give us no reason to be ashamed. Thank you. Amen. We'll split up into groups of three or four. Um, I do have two discussion questions for you. Um, as I was writing this, I had written the word ashamed so many times, I kind of forgot what it meant. Um, but question one, when was a time that you felt ashamed and shouldn't have? And number two, why shouldn't you be ashamed for honoring the Lord, for living a Christian lifestyle? Thanks, guys. You can split up.